Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to 15 Minutes with Lincoln. My name is Timothy Robert Dunn, and I'm a common man in Chicago. And my name is Abraham Lincoln, 16th President of the United States, but now also a common man here in Chicago. And we loved this movie. Folks, we're talking today about The Greatest Showman. That's right. Roll the intro. <laughs> Hi, we're back. We're doing another movie episode. Folks, a while back, we uh, we made a deal with our audience. If you gave us a five-star review and put the name of a film in your review, that we would spend a whole goddamn episode talking about it. That's right. So previous episodes, we've talked about Waterworld. Um, uh, what else have we talked about? We've talked about... Les Mis. Another Hugh Jackman one, right? Yeah. Les, Les Mis. <laughs> what was the bad other Hugh Jackman? Oh, Real Steel. That wasn't that bad, though. No. That had heart. Yeah, it had some heart. But this week, we're talking about The Greatest Showman. That's right. Uh, this is uh, an original musical, and I did not know that going into this. Yeah, I also, after Les Mis, I was like, I really hate musicals. But you know yeah. what? Turns out, if you put a big, fat hook under every single song, like a real juicy hook, you really get it sweetened up a little bit. You get some crowd <laughs> yeah. singing in the background. A lot of, like... What's that sound when it sounds like it's like a big group of people and they're all like falling it's, off? Oh, the... oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is where you want to go to the greatest show. Da, da, da. Yeah, every every song kind of sounded like um, a little bit like a Katy Perry song, a little bit like that sort of modern folk music we had like a few years back. Uh huh. Um, I just want to get one thing out there. If you're a new listener, we normally talk about politics. So this is just a one sort of episode. Yeah, we normally all stick straight to politics. We had like a deep conversation about the Brett Kavanaugh accusation. And we would continue that this week with his hearings happening this week. Yeah. And, uh, his accuser testifying against him. And... But we got real into this movie. So The Greatest Showman. Yes. I, I yeah. gotta say. Abe, where do you want to start? First off, I want to start with his ride or die. <laughs> Michelle Williams? That was her name. No, her name was Chastity. Well, I'm talking about the actress. I apologize. Oh, I Michelle Williams. Uh, what else has she been in? She, um, man, oh man, I feel like... She should play an X-Men. That's what I think. She's so good. Sir, so like, you and I disagree on this point. I kind of want to keep her just doing what she's doing. What's that beeping? Hold on, let me check something. Oh, it's gone. That's ominous. Okay. Um, <laughs> we record this in Tim's studio apartment. That's right. Uh, grand studio is what they call it. It is a grand studio. He's got a nice alcove for the bed, which yeah. is a nice feature. I could actually say I've lived in one of those. Michelle Williams was in a show called Dawson's Creek. Okay. Do you want to hear this or not? Why did you ask? I, I was asking if she... she was ever an X-Men, because it seems like okay. all the best actors are in X-Men movies. Can I think for just a second about what else you would know her in? Blue Valentine? No. This you wouldn't, you wouldn't know her in anything. Go. There's nothing. To the greatest show. You know so yeah, she's great, isn't she? Yeah, she... So, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so Chastity, that's his ride or die. Yeah. She's danced by him through thick and thin. Yeah. The poor years, the rich years. So he starts out, he's just a simple tailor's boy. Yes. And that's how he meets her, just like across the room. And she thinks he's funny. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing because then his dad dies. He's a homeless little orphan. She's, she's a wealthy debutante. Still going to finishing school. Yeah. And he has to go off and join the railroad, I guess, to get rich. I don't know, to make some but money. But not even rich, right? He's like, he, just to survive. Yeah, just to become a middle class. He pulled himself up from his bootstraps, that's for sure. Let's also not forget, you died 
at some point during this movie, right? Between him being a kid and oh. the opening of the Barnum and Bailey Circus? Yeah, I do, yeah. You must have. Right. And I feel like there could have been one throwaway of like, you hear Lincoln got shot? You know, now that you mention it, I do think that would have been a nice thing, <laughs> is that they're doing a show. Just to ground it. And they just come in and like, ladies and gentlemen, the president has been shot. Anyway. Then everyone has a moment of silence out of reverence. <laughs> also, was he of age during the Civil War? No, he was not of age during the Civil War. He would have been too old to fight in the Civil War. Oh, I thought he would have been too... Well, okay, so this is a weird thing. Uh, sir, you've never seen The Lion King, but in The Lion King, there is a moment where it's a sort of film transition where Simba goes from child to sort of uh, adolescence yes. to adult male. Okay. In this film, we don't get that. We get... Sort of young boy Hugh Jackman, and then what looks like a forty-five-year-old man dressed up in in film makeup to look like he's in his late twenties. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree with that. He... It does not. It's not very successful. I feel like Michelle Williams looks believable. Michelle Williams, beautiful woman. She looks great, and she sings. She's got to be the best singing Michelle Williams that there is. Hugh Jackman, he's always a handsome man. He does. He does not look like a man who's like coming up in his 20s and he's poor and hungry. Right, the yeah. way that the Baywatch bro looks. Yeah, there's no way he would have been able to maintain that muscle mass. While working on the railroad? Uh, no, uh, being poor and eating like of the time. No, but he wasn't. He didn't have that muscle mass before. He got that muscle mass from working the railroad. I guess he got me there, sir. And then he kept his body fit. He looks like he a man who eats about 16 eggs a day. Yeah, he probably eats one gram per pound of body weight and protein. <laughs> Nonetheless, he, you know, oxidizes that well in order to create uh, the physique that he's developed through dance. I just feel like, was like your favorite dish back then was like vegetable soup, mm -hmm. and like to see Zac Efron and Hugh Jackman just like being these beefcakes. I I didn't buy it, but we had plenty of beefcakes in my day. Um. So then what happens? Okay. Uh, yeah. Wait, we're, we're off track. We're not we are off track. I'm right? sorry. I talked about you dying at some point. Yeah, so uh, have you seen... Okay, so this is another film. Okay, in Gangs of New York, which you have not seen. I have seen that film. You have? I saw it in the theater, yeah. Oh. Well, then, why won't you, why won't you let me... Gangs of New York... Did you want to do an episode about Gangs of New York? I, mean, I, I guess I would. Sure. It, it relates to you, certainly. Also a movie on the FX app. I watch any movie on the really? FX app. Yeah, it is. Oh. I've definitely seen it on FX. It's pretty cultured for FX. Well, okay. okay, first off, it condenses history of like 45 years into like a two-year period. But P.T. Barnum has a little cameo in it. Is that it. right? Yeah, he's right. There's a big, there's a bunch of gangs in New York. Yeah. And they, they are, they're having the stuff go on and then yes, they walk I'm by. And then, and I'm P.T. Barnum. Come see my museum. <laughs> the whole movie's filled with things like that. It's like, and I'm also a figure in history. That's fun. So that's gangs in New York. Yeah. And that takes place uh, before I'm shot. Okay. Um, so, Hugh Jackman, he's working this job, and, uh, he gets fired, but he, I guess, forges a document that makes it seem like he owns a fleet of ships. He steals the, he steals the charter for these ships that yeah. people don't know, I guess. First off, the business gets, it goes bankrupt because their ships all sunk. Sunk, yeah. But... I assume that means that the banks would no longer underwrite them because they had no collateral, but yet he's convinced another bank that those ships have not sunk to give him some sort of loan. But you could get away with stuff in that day, couldn't you? There's no computer records for these sorts of oh, things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Corruption was much easier back then. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So he takes out a loan with the ships as collateral. He's basically a criminal, but yes. we love him anyway. Yeah. Because 
despite all of this, as I've been away for years and being poor and probably not heard of a lot, Chastity <coughs> waits for him. Yeah. Because she is chaste. It's in her name. <laughs> I, I listen. If I if I was a betting man, I I'd say he probably didn't wait for her, but he was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna marry this rich girl when I come back. Yeah. Well, I assume she would have been set up with. I, I picture you know we're pitching a prequel now to the Greatest Showman, where she's set up with some wealthy businessman. Yeah. And they're about to get married. It just doesn't it, work out. She no. runs off. Yeah. It's like the Notebook. Have you seen that movie? I have seen that movie. Yeah. Too. Also on FX. Yeah. If you, I, I guess if you want to talk about the notebook, we can. No, we're talking about the greatest showman. This is where you want to go. Okay, so the uh, show. with that loan, he buys uh, the the museum. It's such a good hook. I only remember half of the, the, the greatest core. show. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like that. It sounds like a hundred people are all singing like that. Yeah, far away. He buys the museum. He sets it up as a collection of. Oddity? It's it's just a museum at first, yeah, right? Just a, and then his daughter's like, you got too many dead things in there. Yeah, it doesn't do very well. We're kind of the Roger Ebert of movie ca- podcasts because we just spend most of the time recapping it. <laughs> so then he, he uh, begins sort of hiring uh, what you would call back then freaks. Uh, because, he starts the freak show. Okay, but do you remember why? Now, this is something the movie, I think, possibly could have delved in more. Perhaps the prequels could, could really, you know, mm-hmm. flesh this out. He was poor once. He tries to, as a boy, steal a loaf of bread, but they beat him up and take the loaf. But then a woman who is clearly, I believe, some sort of leper, yes. or otherwise a sh- uh, burn shunned, victim, something like that. She hands him a very pristine apple. Yeah. And she shows him mercy and compassion. And to repay that mercy and compassion, he makes a show full of freaks that he exploits and <laughs> puts uh, them in, in uh, danger. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and then dissociates himself from them later on. But right. He's sitting at his desk after his daughter says, hey, you're too many dead things in your museum. And he sees an apple and remembers, oh, yeah, mm. freaks. <laughs> Gotta show him off. So first he goes, he gets a short guy that he met from, he saw in the bank. Which his thing is uh, uh, just, you know, he's an adult man. He's short. He looks like a child. Yeah. Then he gets the bearded lady, or am I forgetting someone in No, there? he gets the bearded lady. It's Okay, this is why it's a great, it's a lot like Justice League in that, it's like Wolverine now is Batman, and he's going around putting together a team. Yeah, I know. I did not think of it like that, but you're absolutely right. Every good movie has that, in my opinion, and I know a lot because I've seen a lot of movies on the FX. Getting the band back together, not back together, together. But I'm saying like, like the team for the heist, that kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, right, right. So Justice League, that's a pretty cool part. So then you got the tall man, you got the fat man, you have the. Uh, uh, black trapeze artists. Right, they're African American. Which are, they're still two of the most gorgeous people I've ever seen in my life. But no one will accept them because they're African American. Yeah. But you know why? Why? Because was, that was concurrent with slavery. Absolutely, yes, of course. Which the movie also probably could have just talked about slavery a little really bit more. Really would have been prevalent, uh, uh, something people were talking about at the time. Yeah. Um,. So then uh, the show starts so to take off. people were talking about at the time is, is a, <laughs> yeah, a fitting a descriptor. Pretty, pretty accurate and apt way to describe it, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, slavery. That's what the people were talking about. People have been pretty violently talking about that just a decade before. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, the, show, the show takes off. Yeah, people come to see it because it, it's got a lot of singing and dancing and music with big, fat hooks. Should we get on the music st- now? Yeah, studios really produced this thing. <laughs> did, you, uh, did you have a favorite? Um, uh, there's a lot of songs that I think struck a chord with me. 
No pun intended. Okay. Uh, we could rewrite the stars, the song that the Baywatch guy sings to the Spider-Man girl. Oh, okay. Uh, that was like their their ballad, right? Yeah, that the was a really pretty song. Let's play a little bit of that one right here. What if we rewrite the stars? Say you were made to be mine. Nothing could keep us apart. You'd be the one I was meant to find. It's up to you. What'd you like about that one, Abe? Uh, well, I think that it's fun how he sings a part, and then she's like, we can do this, and she's like, we can't do this, and then it's like, tells the story, hmm. and then, they, yeah, I like that one. Nice. I also like the first song between uh, Chastity and um, uh, Wolverine. Oh, yes. It was a very, like, up-tempo, like, sweet ballad, right? Very sweet Not ballad. ballad. It was I awesome. don't know what you call it. Let's play a little bit of that. Here it is. Every night I lie in bed. The brightest colors fill my head. A million dreams are keeping me. A million dreams, a million dreams. I think it's pretty juicy. It's a cute ditty. Yeah, and then of course everyone knows the greatest show song. Yeah, and when it comes out at the very beginning, it almost sounded like "We Will Rock You" or something like that, because you had the like the people in the <laughs> right. <laughs> Here's a little bit of that. Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. You've been searching in the dark, your sweat soaking through the floor. And buried in your bones, there's an ache that you can't... My, my personal favorite, um, because here's something I know about Hugh Jackman. Um, he's a huge Music Man fan. Uh, and he kind of does a little bit of uh, uh, Music Man, like, pitching and selling his, his show to, to, to the Zac Boy. Efron yeah. uh, in uh, their song in the bar, which I, I really enjoyed that one. It's a weird song because it's almost like a, a country song. I'll play a little lick of it right here. to spend your days whiskey and misery and parties and play if i were mixed up with you i'd be the talk of the town disgraced and disowned another one of the clowns. but it's that pop country that you can t like you've been saying the entire time these are like beat maker hits yeah from like the past 10 years they're designed to be played in the top 40 in no way reminiscent of the music at the time but that's okay were these songs big hits in real life no um i've not heard of any of them well that duets, but also, i don't listen to the radio that you know lately and that duet's the same thing where, where he where wolverine's singing a thing and then he's like i want you to do this and baywatch boy's like i'm not gonna do this and then at the end right. they're like we'll do this yes he convinces him through song he's a huckster he's a fraud yeah not unlike not unlike a uh, 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 music man um and then you can't forget the ending Ballad from now on. You know when he sings that? They no, all sing I don't know this one. Exactly. But to the magic of editing, let's play it right here. Oh, that's a beautiful one. Yeah. Gets me good. Yeah. So, uh... Well, let's not forget one more, sir, because they won, I believe, an Oscar for This Is Me, which we'll play a drop of right here. I am who I'm meant to be. This is me. Look out, because here I come. And I'm marching on to the beat I 
And those are that, that's pretty much the soundtrack right there. So, the best part about this is that I'm glad to hear that it's won an Oscar. Just like Suicide Squad. <laughs> that's also... Well, Suicide Squad has I that element of... just keep forgetting that Suicide Squad won an Oscar, and you keep reminding me. Yeah, Oscars, clearly, they have good taste, and they pick the best ones. Suicide Squad's another movie where they go around and they put the team together. Yeah, that's kind of the, the main thing. A lot of the people in Suicide Squad could have performed at Barnum's Circus. Yeah, yep. Except, um, I guess we live in a time where people are more accepted for their disabilities nowadays. You think? Yes, sir. Yeah, come, come on. That was another thing that the movie didn't touch on, is uh-huh. that they were all just kind of happy being laughed at. And... Well, but... Uh... They made it seem like they could go in there and they could sing their big pop songs. Yeah. And then everyone would be like, okay, that's but, fine. But don't you feel like there's a... Um... There's a sense of empowerment by performing. I, I guess, like, when that's I think... A, of, that's the word. I felt empowered watching this movie. When you think about... Because I think that's what This Is Me is about. Uh, when, I, when I think of comedians, it is usually uh, people who naturally got laughed at when they were young. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, they just started thinking, well, if I control what they're laughing at, then I'm in control. I'm in power. Right. Like the Joker. I'm sure that's what happened. I don't know if that's... Well, so the Joker was was like, I, you know, I was laughed at, and then he becomes a comedian, and he's like, I'm going to control this. But there's then, a lot of different he, origin he, stories of the Joker. Then he realizes he can't control it because his wife dies with their pregnant child, and... Is this the comic book origin story? Yeah, isn't it? Because sometimes he's just like a guy who fell into a vat, and now he's crazy. Oh, I haven't seen that. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, continue. And then he says, you know what? I can't control it because you can't control anything and life's a joke and then he becomes the nemesis of Batman. I think there's some of that here in this movie so except just, for the violence. Yeah. I'm just saying like you put, you put you're, they're very lucky when that angry mob of people burned down the museum uh-huh. that everyone just didn't decide you know what screw it I'm becoming a Batman villain. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Like, it easily could have set up origin stories for all of these people as villains. Now, that's a Absolutely. movie where we just launched 30 origin stories. <laughs> so, I was watching this movie and everything's going great and I was feeling empowered. And yeah. I was like, oh, when are, when's the bottom going to fall out? Because the bottom always falls out in the movie. you got to keep them. Sure. There's a few things I've learned. You know what? I, I could probably teach screenwriting courses. Off and, of the end of the second movie. act, right? Yeah, so, uh, basically, we find out Hugh Jackson's never been ex- you know, satisfied being... Uh, successful he wanted to be accepted yeah and he uh, i can relate. by everyone yeah yeah my wife was a very wealthy woman and uh, i was not always perceived as uh, uh up to her standards mm-hmm. at the first um then i became president so i mean that happens but you know uh he couldn't he could have just done that i guess but anyway this out of that <laughs> he decides that he's gonna find conventional success so he gets a singer who's famous in europe and he, he tours with her around the country and leaves his circus behind and his family behind and then she makes a move on him. Yes. A and very then, uh, vindictive kiss after one of the shows. No, before that, she's getting some champagne. Oh, yes. And right. she's like, all right, let's do this. Yeah. I'm, on a, I'm on the couch. And he's like, I can't. I have to leave. I'm Wolverine and I've got character. And then he does like, yeah. sorry, bub. And he like gets up and he leaves. It's the, um, what's the moment you always talk about from old school? Oh, it's the same thing. Yeah. yeah with the... Uh, Vaughn Vince from... With Vince Vaughn. Vaughn yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, where he, uh, he... 
He's like, can I get your number in case my wife dies? That's the extent of, you know. Yeah, but we end up coming away thinking he's a good guy, even though he's kind of strung this woman along the entire time. Right. Yeah, yeah Wolverine strung a woman along for 40 cities, <laughs> basically. And uh, Vince Vaughn did the same, go, yeah. throwing a fraternity house party. and Turned her down for sex, and now he's the good guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's not that bad of a guy. <laughs> so Wolverine proves his character, but unfortunately she stages a photo op kiss at the end of a show, so then right. it does this whole controversy, and then she quits her tour, so then he's poor because he leveraged everything on this tour, blah, 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 blah. The, ho- the museum burns down, and he realizes what's important to him uh, is just really being able to be with his family. Yeah. It's just convenient that, you know, Michelle Williams saw that cover article with him kissing the woman you'd think journalists would still have plenty to write about in terms of nations still reeling from civil war or something like that yeah you would think maybe they'd write about reconstruction maybe andrew johnson doing a terrible job sure um and then i was gonna say he saves the day but really what happens is museum burns down and he realizes wait we don't why what what is this he says something where he's just like yeah (laughs) property is too expensive yeah, real estate's a terrible investment here in Manhattan, New York. Yeah. So let's but just get some buy land by the docks. Put up a tent. Yeah, and thus the circus is born. Do 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 do. Um, have you been yeah. to a circus? I have. Uh, once or twice. Yes. It um, the Barnum and Bailey Circus ended in 2017. I feel like maybe we should have started with. That. No. Yeah, it did. Uh, a lot Why? of people had issues with. Uh, the way the circus handled animals for many years. The elephants and lions that they had looked happy. Although I did notice they had two male lions, and I was like, uh-huh. there's no way two male lions would get along, unless they really get along. Sure. Uh, you know I, what I'm saying? Sure, sir. It gets better, lions. So, um, yeah, I think it, it ended... That's also, why they're in the show, is they're Also gay. part of the four tickets. <laughs> they're, they're gay lions. And now, you, you enjoyed the bearded lady... <laughs> Two K lions. They don't roar. Doug and Bruce. They've been living together for years. Common law partners. But they don't have visitation rights in all 50 states. I think ticket sales were also just going down for the circus. It just wasn't that big of a deal anymore. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And then let's also not forget there's a subplot where uh, Zac Efron and uh, Spider-Man Girl, Spider-Man Girl, and Baywatch Boy are having an interracial relationship. Oh yes, which would I? I feel like the movie underplays or doesn't give enough, doesn't even give quite enough attention to how scandalous that. Would Here's have been. the thing: the movie doesn't want you to remember it takes place during the Civil War, right. or slavery, or Reconstruction, which honestly kind of works for me because sure. I, I lived it. <laughs> and I don't need to relive it, baby. What, what, Just keep yeah. those big fat hits coming. Well, I mean, at the very end, uh, the, the show, which, you know, Hugh Jackman goes off and spends his time with his wife and family. How accurate that is, who knows. Um, but Zac Efron takes over as sort of the ringmaster of the circus, and they end the show with an interracial kiss. People would have fucking called the police. But also, maybe that would have been the most accepting place for that relationship. Understood. Absolutely. Do you remember the grumpy critic who's always there saying how terrible and immoral yes. it was? And then when the circus, the building burns down, he comes and offers, you know, condolences. And he says, one might even say that it presented humanity in a positive light, saying that all of us were created equal. And uh, he sees the appeal of the circus. So perhaps that would be the best place for them to to live. 
I don't disagree with you. And the best place for them to be public with themselves is people are already in the space of like, oh yeah, humanity is a wide spectrum of all sure. sorts of things. And so is the animal kingdom with these two gay lions. I just think it's it's just, and we were just talking about this, but... I'm trying to make sure we get a blog post written about that because I learned from P.T. Barnum that there's no such thing as bad publicity. I just feel like it's such a rosy picture of the time. Oh, like, uh, unbelievably. Yeah, our music was not that catchy. <laughs> yeah. You guys barely even had up-tempo songs. No, it was a lot of funeral dirges. Yeah. Campfire songs. Trumpet sort of ditties. Bugles. Yeah. Hymns. Our, our intro. My nose are singing. You know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, boy, oh, boy. But I have a... I, uh, it ends... But I have a sequel pitch for you. Hit me. It might be a new, new should be a new segment in our movie reviews. Is that Abe pitches the sequel? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, here's our new segment. Abe pitches the sequel. Okay. Abe, thanks for coming in. I understand you have an idea for a sequel. Oh yes, this is my. Uh, let's do an elevator pitch. Oh, okay. that'd be great. We're that's, in an elevator. That's now. It's now an elevator pitch thing. Okay, let's set this up. I'm. Are we going up or are we going down? Uh. We're going down to the lobby, and you're going to catch a car. So I'm, let's say I'm a CEO of a studio head or something like that. Okay, great. I'm on, like, floor 15. Okay, I'm getting in, <clears throat> hitting the lobby. Doors closed. Oh, hey there, Mr. Dunn. You know, I really enjoyed The Greatest Showman, and I was thinking I'm that, sorry, who are you? My name's Abraham Lincoln, the 16th President of the United States. Oh, my God. I enjoyed The Greatest Showman, and I really think that you could set it up for a sequel, and that Wolverine gets dissatisfied. Hold on, hold on. I feel like I gotta pause. Uh, sure, I understand. This is in a uh, alternate. The the elevator pitch. This is an alternate universe where people just accept that you're alive. No, I was hoping that you. I, I thought you were. Let's go back in. Okay. How are you alive again? So I was thinking, and I I will give you that answer if you hear my pitch. That he gets he gets bored with um, being a, a stay at home dad, making the lunches for the kids, and the kids finally go off to their schools or they get married, and he's kind of sitting around again, and so now he's got the itch. To perform and to bring things out. But he can't get back with the circus because his partner's already moved on, so he has to figure something else out. Uh, and what does he figure out? Oh, um, uh, professional wrestling. I like it. I've heard your pitch. Can I ask you a question? You know, yeah, sure. What happens when we die? So I was thinking, on second thought, maybe you'd make it a, a bridge movie between The Greatest Showman and Real Steel where he becomes a boxer. I feel boxer. like you didn't answer my question about the death Oh, thing. here's the lobby. I have to get into a car. And that was Abe pitches the sequel. That was good. That was good. Thanks. Yeah, I like that. He'll remember me. I made an impression. <laughs> uh, Abe, any last thoughts? Anything we didn't cover on Greatest Showman? Yeah, I think it really captures the message of we're all different, but we're all the same. Yeah, and... Uh, uh... The things that make us different don't have to hold us back. They can empower us, and uh, they don't define us. Yeah, and even if some people are different than you, that doesn't mean that they're better than you or they're worse than you. And well, if the thing that makes you different is that you look like Zac Efron or Hugh Jackman, then good for you, man. Yeah, and yeah. if, you know, uh, you, uh, yeah, everyone's great. Everything's good. Everything's good. Beats are dope. Yeah, we got those fat, hot hooks and beats, you know? Juicy hooks. Catchy. Let's go out on one last fat, sweet hook. Which one do you want to go out on? I think you got to go off of The Greatest Show. Greatest Show. Reprise, the one at the end? Yeah, exactly. All right, here we go with Efron taking over. Uh, as always, <laughs> if you want to hear us uh, review a movie, uh, me and President Abraham Lincoln, uh, leave us a five-star review uh, and put the name of the uh, movie in the review. 
Or email us at 15 minutes with Lincoln at gmail.com. Why am I struggling with this? I'm just so excited to get to that hot hook. I was here thinking, like, we gotta get Michelle Williams into a superhero movie soon. She's so good. She's great. Yeah, she's a phenomenal actress. Who would she play? She could play anyone. I feel like she's at the point where I just feel like studios don't wouldn't know what to do with her and they'd make her like Superman's mom. Oh. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but there just aren't like female superheroes over the age of 40. This is a whole other conversation <laughs> we could have. Well, I feel empowered by this musical, so I'm ready to go change that. I'm Email gonna... us at 15 minutes with Lincoln at gmail.com. I'm sorry, sir, I cut you off. No, you, maybe she plays like, uh, I'll figure it out. Okay. And here is that fat sweet hook. Right.